Welcome to Cups and Cakes Presents Inside the Artist Studio. The interview you're about to hear was originally recorded on May 10th, 2017. To find out more about Cups and Cakes, visit them at www.cupsandcakespod.com. That's cups, the letter N, cakespod.com. What you're about to hear may contain filthy language and adult content. Listener discretion is advised. everybody. Welcome to Inside the Artist Studio. I am Marvin Greensboro. Joining me today is the band Shooting Guns. They are a metal band from Saskatoon whose sound blends psychedelic stoner metal with elements of krautrock. They are much-loved pioneers for their sound, having been nominated for the Polaris Prize twice, the Junos, and winning a WCMA Metal Recording of the Year award for the Wolf Cop soundtrack. 2017 will prove to be a massive year for the Shooting Guns, as they have plans for not one, not two, but three releases. Joining me today to talk about their incredibly busy year is Jim and Chris. How are you guys? We're doing doing quite well, thank Wonderful. you. Wonderful, how are you? Good. Why don't you tell the folks who you are and what do you play? Oh, my name's Chris Laramie, and I play guitar, occasionally keyboards. And my name is Jim Ginther, and I am a drummer in this wonderful band. We're right on. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Fun, at least. Thank you for having us. <laughs> well, last year, you guys took on a huge undertaking by creating an original score to a classic horror film, Nosferatu. How did the idea of this project bloom into fruition? Uh, well, I work at a thrift store in Saskatoon, right next to the Roxy Theatre. I know, luckily, all of the guys who work there, and they did have the Saskatoon Symphony doing a soundtrack to Nosferatu before and other movies in the past and they couldn't do it this year so we just sleezed our way in and I just said oh we should do it and they're like cool and so we did it <laughs> and I, it was actually pretty well that easy and they just booked it for the Halloween we would have had no reason to do it if mm-hmm. the idea hadn't been presented to ourselves but when it was there it was like well why not you know what I mean <laughs> so we just said yeah alright <laughs> absolutely from what I've heard it's a phenomenal performance I understand you've made plans to make it available to the world how so? We were fortunate to have Barrett Ross from PR Productions. He did the sound for our live performance in Saskatoon. And that was in last October, right before Halloween. And um, he recorded it in 22 channels. So we spent the winter mixing it down. And we've actually got it synced to the original movie. And we actually had another buddy, Brooke Burns, who filmed the whole thing with multi cameras. So we've got a a promo video ready to go as well. We now we're just trying to find, uh, you know, maybe a label that might help us put it out in vinyl. So that's still a work in progress. We're not sure how we're going to release this yet, but it's coming. <laughs> I think it'll be on YouTube before. Yeah, or it's nothing else on YouTube. It'll be on there. So yeah. I've also heard you guys might be uh, debuting at the Calgary this summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They uh, they uh, they suggested uh, or they asked if we'd, we'd perform it there. And, we're like, well, it's Slut Island. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, Slut yeah, Island. Slut yeah, Island. yeah. Island. sorry. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> and uh, and it was just, uh, wow, the idea of taking it on the road. And actually, uh, the Mayfair 
Theater in Ottawa uh, in uh, late October, I think the 20th and 22nd, we're going to do two nights there as well. So it's kind of cool to get to take it on the road. We never thought we'd be able to pull it off in, mm-hmm. in our hometown, let alone elsewhere. So, well, I guess that don't count your chickens. <laughs> <laughs> well, keeping with the horror genre, rumor has it that there'll be another Wolf Cop movie coming out. For better or for worse, this is true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they made a sequel and asked us to do it again. So it's funny now, but uh, at the time, we were actually, when we started doing Nosferatu, uh, Wolf Cop 2 was pretty late in production. So we ended up having to do both at the exact same time. So uh, as soon as we finished Nosferatu, we had to go full steam into Wolf Cop 2. But mm. yeah, we... We work all, t- everyone works full time yeah. too. And- that so it was just every night and like alternating nights and whatever but I mean, it was fun it was good yeah and yeah. you know it did it, it goes through so fast and it kind of took like spring arriving to like sit back and like listen to it and be able to like appreciate what would actually happen so yeah i think that's coming out this fall again we're not totally sure how this is being released or if i guess it should be but yeah, yeah um so that's something else coming out so yeah that's uh, potentially two albums Hopefully it will release this year. <laughs> what uh, has drawn the shooting guns to scoring films? Mm, we sort of fell into it by accident more than anything. They, for the first Wolf Cop, they just basically asked us to do it. And we're like, okay, because somebody had heard about the band. One of the producers did, I think. Yeah, they had uh, one of our tracks from our first album, In the Temp score like they just found it through Bandcamp, and then they reached out to us through our facebook page just asking if we'd want to do a score and we was like sure because like we'd always thought like, scoring always seemed like a cool thing but mm-hmm. saskatchewan especially now isn't really known for its film industry so when the opportunity came we're like oh yeah we're like you have a studio ready and we're like sure do and then we it's literally not a ran professional up. professional studio but it, it does the job well it does we actually didn't have anything at the time like we actually ran to long and McQuaid and like rented like everything we needed and then kind of faked it till we made it and that's how that came together <laughs> yeah well those two aforementioned releases are not the only things we have to look forward to in 2017 is it I uh, know we have a new album coming out on riding the easy label it's uh, out of Venice Beach in California. A guy named Daniel, he puts out a lot of good, heavy stuff, and he uh, has helped us. We sort of did a co-release with uh, our last album with him, and this one he's uh, going to do the full full release through him, so that's going to be, it's Flavor Country is the name of it, and it should be coming out in a couple months from now, I think. July, July 14th is the set date. The, there we go, yeah, yeah. that's the exact date. <laughs> now I know. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. We weren't really sure, just with production and all that, so that's, yeah, yeah, that's a whole, we've had it recorded for about a year, and, uh, but mostly short, short songs, it's a little different, there's like an acoustic uh, synth violin song on there, which I sort of came out of the scoring end of it, and was something that we just, you know, it fit on the album, and like, Mm -hmm. like a very mellow thing, so we're trying to, yeah. Lately, we just had this attitude of why not. So the more we push ourselves, it allows us to do different things. And it's trying to, you know, like there's a couple songs on this new album that were just straight up like weird one-off jams. And we actually were like, well, I think there's something here actually. So we were able to get an album ready. And then like, 
Yeah, like Chris was saying, some of our fastest material to date, and then there's some like really slow, weird, sort of like uh, mesmerizing stuff. So, whenever we release records, I never know how to how to take it. Like, is this? Well, you don't you don't think about it. You just no. get a collection of songs and then do it and then leave it you know using your not just oh any old thing but like throw out what doesn't work put it on and then you move on after yeah. that so like yeah. this band for us started and i guess really still continues to be ultimately a way to get through the winter mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. you know you got to go in the lab and get through it sort of thing so the idea of people liking anything we do i mean it's wonderful if it happens but it was never part of the expectation or anything like that so mm-hmm. hopefully people like it but if not hey it's all good. You guys have had great success living in a small city like Saskatoon. Have you felt like you've hit the ceiling there? Need to move on? Find uh, a bigger city? I don't think so. Like, it's our home, basically. Like, we're going to do this for as long as it makes sense. And like I said, we all have jobs, you know, full-time jobs, other thing. And it is just a, a release, and we do it, and we have fun. I mean, everyone's, yeah, like, got a lot of other stuff going on. I mean... But it's good. We've the I, like. It's always amazing the amount and even like notoriety or attention we've had for. <laughs> we haven't, you know, like we've just put out the music and like we've been very lucky and like very very lucky and more lucky than most bands. I have friends' bands who it's just been an absolute horror show. They have everything going wrong all the time and like we, you know, knock on whatever's nearest to me. We haven't really had that and like. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> we'll add that later. But I mean, we're basically, we were all really good friends before, and there was never any impetus or desire to, like, make it, whatever that means. It's just, like, have fun. Like, half the band, like Keith moved back from Vancouver, and then I knew these guys had a band, Jim and Steve, our original keyboard player, and it just sort of, everyone was sort of without a band. My band just sort of dissipated. So we just got together and jammed, and then it's been like that ever since, basically. Yeah, you know, like we've all been in the in the local music scene for you know between ten, fifteen years, you know, longer in some cases, and it's just one of those things where we're all friends first, and that's what we got together, and it just so happens that like the way it works doesn't feel like we're pushing stuff uphill. Like it just seems like it's fun to do it. It goes relatively smoothly, so we just kind of keep at it. So because of that, I don't know if it could really work in a different city. And, like, it's just fertile ground. We all live here. I mean, because it's a band with a lot of expenses, we run it like a business, but it doesn't... Pay, payroll's never part of that, right? Yeah. So so it's for six, us... Six people in the band, so you just... You know, I, us, I understand how... Sorry, I understand yeah. how people have duos, and that's a huge thing now. Is like, you know, a lot of people like very minimal setups because it's expensive and it's hard to tour and it's like, it's a money pit. It would have to be a pretty amazing opportunity for all of us to find a new way to, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. We're also all like, you know, early 30s to early 40s sort of thing. So, you know, it's like we've, it's pretty, pretty hard for all of us to pack up and move. And fortunately, um, you know, We've been able just to get the word out, and we have we we never even left Canada yet. We'd like to do that. We'd mm-hmm. like to tour more, but you know it's pretty cool. Like that's one of the things we like about soundtracks is that we can get it out there because they just kind of seem to travel on their own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we talked that you guys are going to be at Sled this year, and you're going to be doing a Nosferatu show. Are you guys playing any other gigs down there? Yeah, uh, the next day we are playing at uh, CFCR Showcase. So CFCR is uh, Saskatoon's community-owned and operated 
uh, radio station. It's actually one of the only ones in Canada because uh, every other station is usually campus run. So it's cool that it kind of fits the whole DIY kind of aspect of the city. But anyway, they're doing a showcase there. We're going to be closing the afternoon, I guess. I think we're not five. But then there's also some great local bands like um, uh, Man Meat. They're uh, a group of ladies that have been in the scene for a long time that's just really heavy and really, yeah, it's just one of my favorite bands. And then I think Gary's, which is uh, three sisters who uh, have a really sweet um, kind of like dark surf noir thing going on and they just released an album too that's really good and I think it's the Evulsions as well is that oh, the Evulsions too yeah they're, yeah they're in the UK right now playing they just uh, left this week doing some shows over there and they're really good like the cure like dark dark gothy I almost hate that that's, that's <laughs> I love dark gothy but music but it just seems too easy to say oh they're just that dark gothy band but they're one of the better bands around right now I think so they're yeah. putting out an album on Flemish Eye in the fall like Chad Van Galen's label so Pretty they're gonna bury all of us Saskatoon bands they're gonna be the ones to what? break it out that, that's know? the cool thing too is like the city is just like so many great bands are just coming out all the time and releasing and you know touring and all that stuff so it's really yeah just I promised I wouldn't turn this into a tourism Saskatoon thing but it's pretty amazing for the size of place it is the amount of stuff going on like it's small enough that you can kind of make it whatever city you want it to be for, you know what I mean so it's uh yeah it's pretty cool to see them all us all on the same stage absolutely well we've gone over a lot of stuff is there anything else lined up for 2017 for the shooting guns we don't think too far ahead of time usually, but do a bit more touring would be nice. And yeah, like I said, get out of the country. Like a gentleman, like Dave Cambridge, who lives in Manchester, or Huddersfield, right outside, he's put out a few of our records. And uh, we got some good contacts. So it'd be nice to go even to the UK or something, like for a quick tour and down there. So that would be me personally. Like. I'd love it if we did that, you know? Like, <laughs> Me too. And not go broke in the, pro- in the process. So, yeah, that's like something. Like, just keep recording, keep playing music. So, yeah. Yeah, like right now it's a, spring has sprung, so we spend a little bit less time in the studio because there's a reason to go outside. But, uh, uh, you know, probably once it gets cold again, we'll just start banging out stuff for the next record and then uh, just play as many shows as we can in the meantime. Yeah, but actually... Um, Sorry to plug the relaxation company, but uh, but Chris actually has a solo project which is really amazing, I, and uh, he just put out a, his first seven inch with it and just came out. So we're, oh, thank it's, you. It's very very good. I think it's. I actually told him I think it's in terms of the idea of like what I'd want to hear in a soundtrack. It blows anything that Shooting Guns collectively has done out of the water. He didn't you tell it. me he was going to say this. You heard <laughs> I'm going to start first. crying right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've done a few short films and like soundtracks for stuff like at the university in Saskatchewan too, and like friends, just friends in that, and like do that. And I don't really perform it live. It's just, uh, yeah, something to record and you know, put it out once in a while myself. All right, Ed. Well, we've done uh, kind of the music questions. Now we're gonna get into the nitty gritty about your guys' personal lives. Uh oh. Okay. This, this is our rapid fire section. Okay. I'm gonna fire some questions at you and just. Uh, answer okay what album sparked your love of music for getting into music it was probably uh, uh motley Crue's uh too fast for love but for me to like get into playing it was probably elevator to hell parts one to three that 
mid-90s, early-90s Moncton scene. It was so DIY, but so like great and prescient. It was one of those things where, when I was starting to get into music, it made everything seem so accessible. And like, this is all just home recordings. It's very obvious that it's a home recording. So it's like, okay, we can maybe try this too. And it made up for like not being able to play well, at least just we were like fiddling with other stuff too. <laughs> I guess it would just be like what got me into playing. I didn't start till I was like 25, 26, and I'd just go to Amigos in Saskatoon. It's one venue there, and like just see shows like bands like like Science Fear go to Haunt Hamilton, who are just back together. Well, they've always sort of been together, but they just put out a new album, and that was a band that like really killed me. Other than like Bay City Rollers when I was a kid, that's um, my uncle's album in 10 CC. So, <laughs> what's your current musical obsession? Mine would be. Uh, MC5 it usually always is, but that's one of my all-time favorite bands, and like really listening to them. And she uh, Ace Freely solo album, the first one. Oh, you took my you took my answer. <laughs> I know, I got it. I should just found it at Recordland in Calgary. So <laughs> now that I stole your answer, go. No, no, um, yeah, but speeding back to my baby off of that first Ace Freely record is absolutely mm-hmm. just amazing boogie rock. Not that that's not really selling it, but trust me, it's great. Yeah. Um, actually, just speaking of, uh, I hate to do a shameless local plug again, but the, that new Gary's record is dreaming on Exclaim right now. There's a song called uh, Healing Waters, and I highly recommend you check it out. It's very slow and soft, but then it's just like the heaviest, heaviest thing like I've heard in a long time. So, highly recommend checking that one out. Will do. How do you guys take your coffee? Black. Black. What's the best movie you've seen recently? Yeah, sort of, watching movies for fun is something that hasn't... Uh, <laughs> what's that? <laughs> Wolf Cop 2? All right. Yeah, that, yeah there, there, there was fun watching that like f- the last time when it, we knew it was done. But <laughs> the only new one, actually, Rogue One, I thought was awesome, but I got a Star Wars freak from way back. Like, so I really enjoyed that one. But I haven't seen many new ones. I like a lot of 70s, 80s, like the black exploitation cinema, like crime movies, noir stuff, stuff and that. So Rogue One is seriously like the newest movie I've seen in about 10 years, I think. So <laughs> there are a couple others in there. John Wick was like surprisingly good. The first one, it was like, if just for an ultra violent sort of thing, you know? Like, yeah. I was, I was going to say the, the the fate of the furious for me. I mean, it's just so great to see Dwayne uh, Johnson getting his due. I mean, I was a fan from the rundown days. So I mean, when that if you can make Stifler look good, like mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Yeah, there you go. He's I think beyond the triple threat. Maybe what's the sixth, seventh level threat? <laughs> Next question. <laughs> that was a rapid fire. Yeah. Alcohol or marijuanas? Alcohol. All of the above. Well, doctor's orders. So uh, marijuana. What's the best thing to happen to you guys on stage? I tossed all the monitors off stage in Charlottetown once, and there was a, a sound guy, it was, he was probably 18, it was his first night. It wasn't a good thing for him, but we were playing with friends from Moncton, and it was somebody's birthday, and like everything ended up on the floor. I, I don't know if it's memorable, though, because I can't really remember it. I just sort of heard about it after, but... Uh, what else happened on that, stage? That, There's something else that, that was happened. an amazing trip, though. Just a sidebar here. We were driving down the Confederation Bridge, and um, 
I'm not sure. I don't want to incriminate anyone here. Chris and I were just observers, uh, but uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with um, bottle tokes. But if you're not, just I mean, I, I know this is a, a, a clean podcast, so just uh, Urban <laughs> Dictionary it. Uh, but basically, we were sampling those on over the bridge, and as we got onto mainland, there was like a RCMP check stop. There's a country music festival. Yeah, fortunately there was because in front of us there were like there was these two kids in this like Civic and they like pulled out like all these like cases of booze and they were getting busted. They saw us and we had a van and a trailer, so we're like, "Are you here for the for the fest or for the festival?" I'm like, "Yep," and they just waved us on through. So like I said, "Yeah, man, we're the good old boys." Just the <laughs> Blues Brothers, same thing. And they actually had a laugh and just said, "Yeah, keep going." So that wasn't on stage though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the uh, worst thing to happen on stage? Uh, just blowing everything up. I, it used to happen to me all the time. Amplifiers going and everything at the wrong, wrong time. But been on a good run lately. Knock on wood. We yeah. can't really use. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Second, if we yeah. knock on wood three times in the same podcast, that's a mm-hmm. bad yeah. omen. Like we haven't been shot at or anything. So I think if you're not shot at on stage, you're doing good. Everything else you can deal with pretty, pretty easily. How many pets do you have, and what are their names? I have one dog. His name is Charlie. He's turning 13, but he still acts like a puppy. But I guess technically he would be he would be my son. <laughs> yes. I have one cat, Koa, who's 20, and one cat, Harley, who's 11 now. So between me and my wife, Shelby. Yeah. What's the strangest job you've ever had? I do work at a thrift store right now, and like we do pickups, and some of the things I've seen going to houses, uh, there's a lot of strange things there, which I don't even think legally I could say on anything. It's a, it's a weird job, but like as a strange job, like, I mean, he was a grave digger for one day. And that was like a little weird. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I well, yeah, that was like a long time ago. But like, I've had a lot of jobs. The job I've had now is I've had for a while, but I went through like, yeah. So, grave digger. <laughs> he got me beat. Uh, my my first job ever. Oh, he's he's got me beat. We got to talk about some of the gotta, the rallies. You know. Oh, I was gonna bring up like doing chicken picking as for grad fundraisers in the high school just to give my rural Saskatchewan roots. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I guess I worked for nine years uh, doing uh, fundraising at schools. I was a rep for this company. My territory was Saskatchewan, so I drive about sixty thousand k annually and do like motivational pep talks but because you're dealing with like and like you want to talk about a tough crowd it's like get like 800 rule a grade 8 to 12 in the same room and uh, yeah it's it was pretty funny like I was allowed to give out cash because that was one of our prizes so you just basically bribe people to like humiliate themselves so I mean I was picked on a lot as a kid so I really got off on the sense of power <laughs> this is, no and it was actually pretty fun because you'd like uh, well they were, the teachers would really like it if you would humiliate the bad apples. So we basically just got to like, just like, yeah, just like rag on, like destroy like grade 12 self-esteem. It was pretty, the most rewarding part of it. <laughs> You're a monster. What is your favorite superhero? Chris Laramie. Oh, shut up. Uh, <laughs> real. Uh, Flash. I'd say the Flash. Well, I have always just loved that dang old Silver Surfer. He's just such a nice boy. Yeah. Actually, I would have said that now that I heard that, too. Beatles or the Stones? Stones. Stones. 
some quick answers. <laughs> <laughs> what was your first car? I haven't had one yet. I stole one a long time ago, but that's just... I, I actually haven't. I'm not really a driver too much, but Jim. Uh, I think uh, it was a 76 Toyota Corolla. It was like, when I got it, I got it off my uncle for like 300 bucks, and it was painted like with a paint roller, like a very like dark, flat green. So I think I was in grade 11 at the time, and I uh, ended up like just using a different paint roller and <laughs> to make we just painted giant Canadian flags all over it and it's a pretty pretty good little ride it was old enough that uh, you had it had the Flintstones type like floors where there was holes in them so we'd like you know being a farm boy you'd pop rivet some sheet metal in there so that way it's safe I mean I don't think SGI that's our provincially run uh, insurer it wouldn't make their pass but I mean luckily it was sold within the province so <laughs> it's, it may not look like it now if you go through Saskatoon or, or Saskatchewan but 20 years ago you know way pre-boom there was a lot of dang cars on the road <laughs> it was a great time to be alive <laughs> <laughs> what's your guys' best Canadian city to play? Uh, Edmonton. Edmonton! And that's without a doubt. I'm not even saying that just because we're here. Cause it's it's where you've always had like the best turnout. Like Got a lot of good friends here, too. And like... When we hit the road, like the nice thing about Edmonton is it's technically the closest city to us. I mean, except Regina. But, you know, we've played a lot of shows here where it was just friends. And then sometimes it started like other people that we weren't friends with and stuff like that. But we've always had... From day one, like the most, like the most support here. Edmonton, I mean, uh, Winnipeg is a is a close second. Unfortunately, like we we feel bad. We haven't played Winnipeg in like three years. It's just a it's a little bit too far from where we are to make, do it regular. So, you know, Edmonton's gotten a lot more of our time, but uh, it feels really good to come back, and so we try to do it so much. Mm -hmm. What's the worst city to play? I can't like, I don't, I'm not just trying to be like. I don't know. I'll put it to you this way. In terms of um, getting there, like I think the like the worst city is Victoria. Mm -hmm. Just because when we've ever traveled, we've always like we have a trailer and van or like I've been in earlier bands where we actually had like a school bus and like you're adding another, you know, three to four hundred bucks to your so I mean in terms of accessibility, it's really hard to get there. But not to single out BC in Totally, um, we love Vancouver, but it's a very—it's—it's uh, it's, you know—they're losing a lot of venues, so it can be tough to play there as well. Um, it's still a great place to go go to, and we're definitely due for both those cities again. But you know, it's—that's one thing that's always been awesome about you know about Edmonton is that there's always been great venues, and they change and they and they come and go, but they're always there, and I think mm -hmm. that's. I mean, speaking of a city with a prolific music scene, like it's it's amazing what's going on in Edmonton, just with all these bands going on, stuff like that. Like, even I think you're doing one of uh, podcast with Slates. Like, that's one of we've known them for like you know ten over ten years, and like they're it's it's funny like for how big of a country this is, how st small and tight knit the music scene is. Like everyone is generally like one two degrees of separation from everybody else. It's mm -hmm. pretty cool. So it's hard to slag on one, I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> Have you had any strange requests from fans? 
lately it's subsided a bit, but it would be every show being asked by at least two people if we'd considered having a singer, as if like we just never like thought of that. Mm-hmm. We've had I've gotten like handwritten notes from from guys like early on, like where they would be like, you know, just want to say, you know, if you ever need a singer, just give me a call, sort of thing, and it's I. Part of me wanted to try that out just to see what that would be like, but it'd be kind of, I mean, we're clearly not going to go that route because, again, we're friends first, so to have someone just trying to, like, do their, I don't know, their best Neil Cicada over it might just be a little weird, but oh. either way. <laughs> do you guys have any really big pet peeves? Yeah, uh, every other driver on the number two on the way from Calgary to Edmonton What's the best album to have sex to? Chris's Relaxation no. Company 7-inch. Duke Ellington Solitudes. There we go. That one. Number one. What's your favorite road trip album? Uh, MC5, Kick Out the Jams. Absolutely. He wakes you up. Keeps you going. Maybe throw Kill Em All in there, too, while we're at That's it. That's good, too. Yeah. All right. If you could have sex with any musician, dead or alive, guy or girl, who would it be? Jim Morrison. Very dead, too. Better. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I'm not going to go any further with that. But yeah, again, you know, maybe it's because we spent so much time in the van together. But you know, he was always my lizard king. So, <laughs> yeah. there you go. All right, if you could get wasted with any musician, dead or alive, who would it be, and what substance would you abuse? Lemmy Jack, uh, Noel Gallagher, lots and lots of blow. All right. If you could fight any musician, who would it be? Oh, there's a long list there. Now it's time to bring up the dark side of Saskatoon's music scene. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay. Stand behind it. (laughs) Say it. Stand behind it. We are a united front here, Chris. Uh, Actually, it would just be uh, Robbie Williams because he just always looks like he needs to get beaten up. That's all I would say about that. I respect that, but for me, um, he personally has a lifetime pass due to the Millennium album. Oh, I know. Okay. That's just me. Okay. All right. One last question for you. Mm -hmm. Similar to that Twilight Zone episode, if you just found out you were the last person alive on Earth, what's the first thing you'd do? No clothes. Just strip down and just go, go and walk. Is there still electricity? Sure. I'd uh, probably make a spreadsheet about it. <laughs> I love spreadsheets. <laughs> He's not. That's the, that's the truth. He loves spreadsheets. Well, all right, guys. That's all we have. Thank you so much for coming down to the to the podcast. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you for the invite and for having us and for the wonderful hospitality. Absolutely. Well, good luck on all your future endeavors. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, all right. Let's hear a new track from their new album. Here's Ride Free from Flavor Country.
Cups and Cakes Presents is produced by Jeff McCallum. The featured track was played with permission from Shooting Guns. Undercurrents from Atlantis Jazz Ensemble's album Oceanic Suite is the background music throughout the entire episode. Oceanic Suite is available through Ottawa's Marlowe Records. Find out more at marlowrecords.com. Inside the Artist Studio is the second podcast from Cups and Cakes. To hear the original and learn more, go to www.cupsandcakespod.com. That's cups, the letter N, cakespod.com. Thanks for listening.